Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Senior Tommy, the one and the only Seth Bauer, and Data Mike. Data, Data Mike. Oh, no. There we go. I think I'm going to coin it. It's going to happen. I only got a saying now. Yeah. Maybe. <sighs> Happy Tuesday, gentlemen. Maybe if I come like away from the microphone. And, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tuesday. No. I like that. That works. Not bad. It's like, you know, it's a little bit of a sound like, effect going like on. Kind of a whine and then back into the microphone. By the way, <laughs> it's a happy Tuesday. It Good is. Guys, Good to see you guys. Back to Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I feel like I've been seeing you a lot recently. Mm, I, I feel the same. <laughs> funny, funny how that happens. That's, that's like, not enthused, <laughs> but I'm seeing you all the time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I thought our summers were always the busy ones, but... I guess, are you guys going to the beach or doing the spring training thing? I wish I was doing spring training. Um, all the only training I do is, um, you know, training, touching spring my keys on the keyboard. Break. Spring break, I think is what you meant, actually. <laughs> yes, at this point in time, I have now returned from the beach. So for those of you who are listening, this is a pre-recorded episode, if you haven't observed. Yeah. So there's been some things that have occurred since this episode is, has, uh, has launched. Uh, this should be the last pre-recorded episode yes hopefully for a while so thursday will be live yes hopefully excited about that yeah yeah i mean now that i said it in a pre-recorded episode it has to happen that way yeah exactly Either way. i had a blast on, on spring break it was a great yeah. we had a, a, so, so much fun i don't know what we did but uh it was amazing the best time ever for sure, <laughs> for sure. we'll have to give you a real update on thursday <laughs> of what actually happened <laughs> excellent um, so let's jump into some of our topic pieces today. So uh, today we're going to kind of define what what does the Power BI admin role look like inside uh, of the Power BI environment. So talking kind of around what should the admin be doing, and when is a successful admin running a Power BI environment? What do, what does that look like? So let's jump in. Um, let's go over what what do we feel like is the role of the admin for Power BI? I guess control. Control. Shut it all down. Control. This yeah. is this is where Tommy is going to shine today because oh yeah, this is his think about this is like, his topic. Yeah, coming from the business, all this kind of stuff. When we first do what you want to do, hundreds of episodes ago, right? Make workspaces wherever you like, want. No, no, you got to control this. You got to lock it down. That's true. Going to make it so users can't do anything. Yep. Like Tommy, Tommy, you're built built. For this that. is built for you. You did, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's no very. No one's allowed to look at a report until they send a request. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you 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 Bring choose to view this report. Back. Please sign this fifty-page document and read that you have approved this. Yeah, that's exactly. We I mean, forms for days. I feel like when we were talking, so Tommy, you used to work at a company, and I felt like there was a lot of central BI, like the centralizing of the BI, everything around Power BI was kind of running through your team, which is like Tommy around. A business unit correct correct <laughs> right like we have central bi in a business unit like that doesn't make any sense man so so i'm, I'm curious to see where we're going to take this one now because um yeah th this is uh so i'm uh, uh working on I, i'm the leader of the uh power bi governance and and an adoption uh class that we've been working through on uh coach data strategies so that's been a thing that i've been heavily involved with this year but one of these areas that we talk a lot about what the admin should be doing, it's we, we use the concept of guardrails, right? We want to be able to give people some flexibility, but then have company 
comfort levels around what we're actually letting people produce or build inside their environment. So there's this concept of that's what I feel like the, the admin should be doing, setting some good practices, figuring out what is acceptable to be shared or not shared and how you share it inside your company. Uh, and then the admin basically employs those settings inside the admin portal. What do you think, Tommy? Yes, I mean, I've honestly, I've been in both cases where, yeah, right. This is going to be. Um, <laughs> All right, Tommy. I'm always looking up at you guys. Yep. But I'm uh, always looking up at you guys. <laughs> Which is funny. I, You're like the tallest one of all of us, Tommy. So it's funny. It's the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, you're, that's Easy a low blow one. there, buddy. Easy one. <laughs> but honestly, I, I've been in both cases where I've been part of the hub or where there really wasn't anything uh, centralized, but there were still governs things in place or at least yes. still you know, uh, some processes in place. And yeah. Then I've been part of it uh, being completely centralized where it was the BI team. Yeah, everything for you. Honestly, the, the biggest thing is it, it goes to like three factors. I think what you said is guardrails, like just general from a security, from what people can access. Um, and then it, it's uh, the access and then it's just usability. Honestly, though, like what I've always said and where I continue to hit home um, about the the control, the restrictions is maybe I've just been so jaded or um, it's still so fresh, but nothing is worse for me uh, when people have access to multiple reports or people can see things that they shouldn't and they immediately start asking questions or they immediately start questioning what they're looking at. And that was such a, such a uh, difficult thing to do when Power BI was really rolling out, we had reports. We didn't know who created them. That mm -hmm. people, like they were looking at the person left the company like three months before that. And people were still looking at this report that wasn't updated. And those types of situations where people are like, well, I don't know if yours is right. I don't know if this is right because they're creating something too. And it's, it's really just about having at least a consistency, whatever the pro whatever you're delivering from the, the BI team. And and you're dealing with something that again you got to be right. So that's where the restrictions start. At least well, okay. So so I'm you said some things that are very interesting, and then I want to kind of tease out here a bit more. You said we have reports and we don't know how many people are using them. How is that the admin's responsibility? So, We're talking about admin yeah. here, and you, you brought up people looking at reports. I don't understand how that connects back to the admin now. I am, if you say that to me, like, so when you say that, well, I do think the admin needs to be monitoring the activity of your Power BI tenant. So I think first and foremost, every admin, regardless of whatever you do, and we talk about this extensively in our class, is you need to have, like, you can't control anything unless you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if you don't understand how to use the APIs to go get the activities, if you don't have... Uh, the scanner API running, if you're not grabbing that data or using the standard Microsoft reports that they have to help you start seeing what people are using content, you can't manage a tenant, period. You have to start there. I, I agree, and we can, we can talk into that, but I, unless Tommy wants to respond in that vein, I, I have a different take on that okay, okay. question, you know. On, on Tommy's question around yeah, reports and who's using them? It, yeah, yeah, let's go there. Because it almost, it almost sounds like that that could be, and I don't think Tommy was saying this, but it like, is it the role of the admin to understand 
which reports are no longer tied to people that are actual owners so that either deprecation happens or they get moved into the right team? Okay. Okay. That's a good question. I would, I think I would put that role into the center of excellence, building the process so this, around deprecating the, the reports. Yeah. But the center of excellence is just going to define the process and procedures. It's not an owner. No, well, I, well, I'd agree. It's not an owner of the report. So, so, okay. So I'm a COE and I say, we, we need to, we need to build responsibility about deprecation and reports yep. who can understand who no longer owns them and can assign them to different users, the admin. <laughs> okay. So let's assume for a moment, it's the admin's responsibility or are you just dead set against that? Well, well, I don't, that's a good question, right? So I think, I think the admin can move them around forcibly, but the center of excellence is that team. So and again, I was going to ask this question too, right? Is the admin part of the center of excellence? I think they are. See, th th this is one of those things. I, so it's an, I, I do yeah. want to get there. I do want to get there. But sorry, I, because I, I, I have questions like, like who usually runs this in a company, <laughs> right? But like, let's let's live here for a second, right? Like, yeah, deprecation of reports and reassigning them over to people. I think that's a really valuable function of someone. And I agree, I think it's the admin because at least moving it into a direction of like, hey, these are still shared and viewed by people. If people have requests or problems with them, then that's gonna, um, yep. like then you're, you're easing the uh, challenge around um, updating them or making sure that metrics like Tommy was defining are actually accurate or kept up to date. Otherwise they just go stale. I don't, but I don't think that's the yeah. admin's responsibility. Yeah. I think that's part of a deliverable that the center of excellence gives. And maybe there's a task around center of excellence is identifying the data that is relevant to that. Again, it depends on how big okay. your company is, right? Okay. The center of excellence may be like a couple people, but it may be a larger group of people as well. I think the center of excellence is more in tune with listening to what's going on inside the Power BI tenant pieces of that. They have more responsibility than most. And the center of excellence members or that, that team may have, to your point, identify, hey, here's a list of reports that have been deprecated or that no longer have owners or are failing regularly. We need admin to go do something. And since the admin's a part of that, that may be a task that they literally lift over to the admin because I'm not going to assume the Power BI admin actually is inside Power BI all the time. They don't, I don't think that's the case. And well, I would say when I've observed this, the larger the organization, the more likely the Power BI tenant is not in the business hands. There's not someone who's directly tied into the CUE, directly reporting to your um, executive what sponsor. Mean, what, right. So, so let's like it's an IT who, function. Who are yeah? Who are the admins in companies? Well, there's there's admins. Who's, yeah, there's admins of your your premium stuff, right? So there's a premium admin typically. Yeah. And then I mean, there's like the whole tenant Power BI right, admin, right? right? That's kind of the two so, I, admins I'm thinking yeah. about. So I, I think we let's let's start at the top. Then who where who is that person who is the Power BI administrator? Normally speaking, in terms of they they control the tenant settings. There's two of them. Okay. Right. There's one that's coming from the BI team. There's a tenant admin there. Or if you're a larger organization, someone has a policy already that says that's actually someone in IT, and that's the person who's already managing probably Azure or Office 365. It's probably that same person where they just glob onto them. Hey, by the way. Here's some other things you need to administer: Power Apps, Power Automate, Power BI, 
Microsoft 365 and or Azure. Like that, that person is be able to turn the dials on those things. So, so those you, are the two. Yeah. Those are the two places where I see admins showing up. So, so that's specific. Like you're you're saying the service and the licensing is IT. And I don't think it has to be IT, but usually it is involving IT. Right? As soon as you start you targeting, it's two different people. No, no, no. I said that that role sits in two different areas, right? You can have a Power BI admin oh. that is at see I, I see I observe it in two places, right? I see one place I see the same same person, right? I'm managing, you know, someone asks for a pro subscription. Okay, great. We go to the Power BI admin, they do it, right? That yeah. may be someone that's inside the business so, or part of the BI team. That may I have also seen it that is a pure IT person that says, "Hey, this guy already manages a bunch of or gal, whatever. This person already manages a bunch of things around licensing. We funnel that off to them." And in larger organizations, you see more of the breakdown or breaking between these different roles. So you may actually have a Power BI admin who's not actually in control of the Power BI Pro or premium licenses. That may be another person that they have to integrate with if you get big enough. So you actually have to hand over a request to, hey, we got to fill out a help desk ticket. We got to get approval from their manager. It's going to be cost center to them. Think, da, 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 da. So that, that larger enterprise piece becomes more, um, there's more steps in order to get that process completed. And so that that is a good distinction, though, where there is some admin roles, or uh, especially larger companies, where that's fume right now. I'm I'm making him fume. Go, <laughs> but you all can see the video. Yeah. For those of you, those of you who are not watching the video, I think Seth, I saw steam coming out of his ears just a moment ago. <laughs> it's just me moving my mouth around. That's all. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I, I'm wondering actually why you're getting uh, so upset about this because this is, one, it's just so common. <laughs> not that I necessarily agree with it, but that, yeah, it's the global admins, the people who are in charge of probably servers too, that also are the ones who are responsible for a lot of the tenant settings. I, I wouldn't um, say servers. I think that's a different skill set. I'm, I'm, I'm talking purely about like licensing and Power BI settings. So this is, so I, I think, I think there's a, I see that role being separate than administering your licenses and the Power BI tenant settings. Generally speaking, though, you're talking about someone who's farther away to, from Power BI than they're than they're close in terms of okay, uh, right. So this this is the distinction I want to make. In smaller organizations, that person is very close to Power BI, right? In smaller organizations, there's a center of excellence of one. It's a person, and they basically said, "We need to do Power BI, Tommy. You know what you're doing. Here you go. Figure it out." And so, Tommy, you're in charge of like licensing. You're in charge of like who has access to what. You're turning on premium if you want. I mean, literally. <laughs> The BI team owns all of it. And that's because someone doesn't, the company is not large enough to have that kind of IT infrastructure in place. As the company gets larger, I'm saying though, that role typically is not given to the BI team. It's typically, hand, parts of that are handed over to an IT team because it already exists, right? They already have a person that's managing Office 365 and other things. And they say, okay, well, you could, you could just also do the Power BI stuff. They don't well, know the settings that you need as a Power BI user. So it's us, it's our responsibility as the center of excellence to inform and or work very closely with that Power BI IT admin, if that exists in your company. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to make this confusing, but I, really, I feel like the point, does that make sense on the point? Yeah, but I think the, the, pro, the reason why that occurs is because the Power BI global admin setting or the, the tenant level settings for Power BI, it's not, they're not doing it because, well, you're also an admin for everything else in, uh, you know, in our services. It's because honestly, they, they treat it on the same access level as anything else in Active Directory when it's not. 
And mm, it, I, I don't think I disagree with my, you there. I don't, I don't, I really don't think. I disagree uh, because they, companies already set a policy that says this stuff is managed by IT. It, there's, there's nothing to do with, there's nothing to do with surface. Like it's already an existing policy. And so what, when, when an IT admin or an IT VP or executive looks at this and goes, okay, let's figure out what these roles mean. What are, who's going to manage the Power BI tenant? Okay. Where do those settings get turned on or turned off? Okay. They get turned on or off in Azure Active Directory. Where do you have a team that does that? They do it. Like there's existing well, policies they, that force yeah. that, that direction. But I don't think that's the most optimal for the Power BI settings. So. It doesn't matter what you think. It's I, a matter what the company's going to employ. Okay. Like you can't you can't walk into a company and say your your way of doing administration of Office 365 and Active Directory is wrong and we need you to change it. Now, that's why you have the center of excellence because they integrate with that team. You can't just come in and say that's that's not how we're going to do it. Because that, that will fail every time. So did I leave you I speechless? Think, no, I, yeah, you always leave me speechless, Mike. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, I, I think, I think, um, within here, Mike, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think previously, before Power BI has become as popular as it is, it was very, it flew under the radar. Of Correct. A lot of, Agreed. a lot of IT infrastructure. Yes. Um, so where where I wanted to like dive a little bit is you you were describing the roles of yes. different areas within administration. Yes. And to me, like where I was stuck is I think as from a small company to a large one, as you grow grow in organization size, the roles become people. Right. So it's a very it's highly likely that an individual or a small set of individuals mm -hmm are the admins, are the Power Correct. BI guys, are yes. the everything, and I they agree. struggle with some of the IT functions because they're not familiar with them. So yes. then there's the one IT guy that like turns on something for them or gives them some access. Correct. And they don't necessarily know what Power BI is actually doing right. or anything. They're mm -hmm. just like, okay, you know, and, and they may Correct. even push back a little bit and say, hey, why right. do you want to turn off published to web? What does that even mean? And you have to be like, you have to explain to them, okay, well, this is why. No, what I would, what I would say is more often than not, in those smaller organizations, those IT folks are just going to grant the, the tenant setting permissions. They're going to grant oh, global, I would agree with you. The, yes. the admin for that person sure. to manage the Power BI tenant. I, and I agree with you. So to me, that's what happens in small, medium to small organizations, right? When there's not enough team members to so, really enterprise manage it, or you're not in a very regulated industry like you know finance yeah. or HR or in healthcare, they just delineate. They just offload it. Okay, Tommy, you right. just take it. Right, boom, done. Yes, right. I agree with that. So, so this is where I jump on, jump on the the push down Tommy bandwagon. <laughs> oh no! As you, as you, no, as you grow, like there are there are those hard things that, when recognized by an organization, you will not get around. Policy being the the least of them, but with with IT administration, like they care about costs yes permissions and which like who has access to things and the legal ramifications of right. what people can and can't do within the systems right yeah. like all of those have really core you know um threads into executive leadership teams who Agreed. really care about that and yep. if something goes awry someone's going to be held responsible doesn't 
Right. Yeah. It's somebody's neck on the line, which yep. is why these teams exist. Uh, like as it right as it mm-hmm. goes up, you yep. play more across streams. You have to play within the the bounds of the policies and processes that are set up. Yep. And there is a specific reason for that because somebody is accountable for those things as opposed in smaller organizations or places that are a little more loosey-goosey it's not a big deal until it becomes a big deal right exactly right to you yes just because you aren't doing these things right now Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that your organization doesn't expect somebody is doing them yes especially when it hits those four four kind of areas and that's where like the role you're shaking your head at me tommy the, nope, the role nope. of the admin comes into play, like, and some of the the access and accessibility that um, comes with what those tenant settings and license costs and all the things and implementation, you know, roll onto somebody's head. So I think there's the uh, Mike, and there's the other side of the coin, not the other side of the coin, but there's kind of the lower level admin, I guess, because a lot of things we're talking about right now are the tenant level settings. Right from the enablement of okay. who can do a pipeline, who can't. But I think we'd all agree, or I'm assuming we'd all agree, there's kind of a uh, um, another layer that's required or needed from a governing and who's ultimately intimately involved in the Power BI project. Um, because again, that admin is dealing with other other administrations other tools like they're not thinking about what's the latest and greatest in power bi or um you know what's what is a deployment pipeline should we give everyone access to that they're they're not really intertwined with that i think you do need someone to who went out into the new features are coming out or the policies around uh, i think it's probably more the policies around workspaces and access the policies around how our content's shared that would not be this global admin's role. And I think that's what we're really the. No, uh, I agree with you. We're but, that's a, but that's the center of excellence. Your center of excellence, whether it be one person or that admin role, defines okay. those things. Uh, okay. Can. It, so it, so it, admin. It, so I'm talking about. So there, if you're talking specific like feature, like turning switches on or off inside the admin portal, yeah, it's an admin. But Tommy, what you just referred to, it, all those functions, defining a policy. How do I request a workspace? How do I request an access to a gateway? What are the, those things are part of that center of excellence. They're deliverables. They go back to the organization and report back to their executive sponsor around those things as well. So a large, a large pet peeve of mine, um, which I'm reframing my question, Mike, as opposed to just lashing out like I do, <laughs> is, is the overuse of COE. H- have you actually seen if we're talking about one person in a small organization mm-hmm. that is handling all these roles, yeah, like you've actually helped or seen people yep. build a COE from one person and mm-hmm. and the organization itself follows policies and processes and procedures that that one person is establishing within the organization. Yeah, I've actually have comp- I have customers today that I've worked with the one person and we've we've made them the COE. They're now engaging with their executive sponsor. They're defining what policies look like under, under, you know, consulting help guidance, right? We're saying here's policies and things you should be looking for. These are things that you should be suggesting. They go back and review that with their executive sponsor, executive sponsor approves, and they get it done. These, these policies are then documented, put on a SharePoint page that everyone can follow. 
So these are things like best practices, right? These are how we share things. We have uh, patterns around how do you add how many people to a workspace, requesting a workspace, right? These are policies that we're talking about there. We also review with that person say, hey, here's some surface area in the admin settings that you may or may not know about. Now, I agree, there's, that's, that's the starting point. That's small organizations with one person because there's not technically an integration with that person to the legal team or IT at that point. Eventually what happens, and this is what's been happening with this client, it's grown to a point where now the executive sponsor understands that this is becoming important and now other teams are being engaged and they're being brought into the center of excellence now there's other members. So now we have people from finance representing. We have now people from uh, HR and other areas because they want access to Power BI. And in order to play ball with what we're doing in Power BI, this department led the helm. It started things. And so now they're setting okay. up the standards so, for things. And now other people are joining in. So the center of excellence is growing because now it's becoming, you know, it's, it's acting like as if it was a small business. But now the, the larger part of the business is, is growing it. And now additional feedback is being generated. But this is great because now at least we have a starting point. And I hate going into meetings where no one has an agenda. And we're just like, hey, let's decide on something. This is the other approach. We've already said, here's our policies. Here's what we said is a good practice. Okay, legal, tell us what we're wrong on. What do we need to refine the policy? And then we yeah. tweak it to what they want. And then it becomes integrated into the bigger, broader policy. But we already have a distribution method to take that information in, build the policies, and put those policies directly into a, a public-facing site. So there's no okay. question when people need to know what's going on. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm glad I didn't just go with my whim of like... You're an leaning, idiot. Lean, lean, no, leaning into oh. <laughs> your, you know, like okay. I'm saying this kind of thing because okay. you're legitimately talking about a COE of one. Like you, you're home oh. growing this. Yeah, but totally. I, where, whereas I've heard a lot of like, oh yeah, we can just flippantly use the term COE and it goes from oh, no, no. Like, no, no, no. It takes a lot of work yeah. to start to assign, yes. you know, that, that number. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and oh, I would good. also argue too, like if you look at Microsoft documentation, right, the COE is a consortium of multiple people agree, mm -hmm. engaged across multiple business yeah. units. I mean, ideally you want many participants. Now, the reason you think about this this way is because the center of excellence is responsible for some very key deliverables. One of them being monitoring, <laughs> one of them being generating right. policies, one of them being generating training, right? The, right? They are responsible for building the data culture, including Power BI as a tool but then helping the broader part of the organization to educate. So, you know, you're do we actually have, as, a, as my company, I offer a uh, center of excellence accelerator. You don't know what you're doing? Great, hire us. We know how to run center of excellences. We'll come in and we'll do a power hour for you. We'll run regular uh, office hour meetings, giving you best practices for your team. We'll work with your center of excellence leader or, or your, you know, your BI lead and say, okay, here's the things you need to be thinking about. Where are their challenges? We will help you get over those hurdles. So that is a service that I think a lot of organizations need because to your point, Seth, they don't understand the grow up story or the pattern of how do you start small, start it organically, yeah. build yep. structure that it can grow into the bigger, the bigger part of the organization. Sweet. Thank you for clarifying that, Mike. Sorry. I've been spending, no. I'm, I'm sorry, no, I've been spending I, a ton I, of time cool. on this topic. Yeah. Like this is like yeah. all consuming my mind because yep. I have a number of clients that we're working through this exact same issue. What does an admin mean and how do you integrate it and where does this sit inside our, you know, our structure? Well, it, I mean, Mike, it really sounds like this, um, this role is almost 60, 40 with from the adoption point. Of view. I love how you put numbers on everything. Tommy. <laughs> 60, 40 with, with the adoption roadmap. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're more focused on uh, adoption and promotion than they are on the, in a sense from the policy point of view, because obviously 
the way we're talking about this now, we're okay. kind of bleeding. Mm. Into, well, we're we're bleeding into governance. We're bleeding into promotion. But so but I agree with you. Bring it wait, back wait. In. I agree with you. I think, but I think I want to say that scale, that 60, 40% is not an always standard thing, right? There, there becomes, there comes a growth method within the organization where initially you're probably doing 60, 40, right? They're coming in and a lot of the, the CV is doing a lot of education. That's not admin. So I want to focus more on admin things, but initially you're probably doing a lot of education. Eventually, as the, as it grows in the organization, you start finding subject matter experts who are now part of the community of practice who are then helping identify and, and service the broader data culture around building this near organization. And that's where I see things getting very exciting because now you start seeing, again, from the admin side, right? You have monitoring, you know who's building reports, you know who's in most engaged from an activity level in your tenant. Again, you have to start there. If you don't have monitoring, you're already behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. Those Power BI champions is what Microsoft calls them in their documentation. The champion is the one that can now help other users. It's their force multiplier to education and best practices and figuring out problems and solutions. That, that portion really enables this whole Power BI thing to grow well. And now you start building data culture. At that point in time, that CUE or admin can now focus more on policy and internal deliverables directly to the executive sponsor and so back to the, the business. With the difficulty of generating monitoring on an environment, is it the admin's responsibility to create that, or is that a, a BI developer with elevated permissions? It, it could be both, um, but I find there's actually IT hurdles that you need to turn on. There's certain things that IT needs to be able to build, mm -hmm. and the, the sheer volume of data that you can go get becomes a problem very quickly. So if you're, if you're doing monitoring, the activity monitoring is not easy to set up. There's a lot of complication with the APIs. The APIs are not simple and straightforward to look through. Uh, Microsoft is continually adding, you just saw the metadata, additional metadata pop out. Yep. So those things are going to continually be evolving. So you have to be able to think about, okay, what do we really want to measure? And so that's, sorry, another thing. I have an accelerator for that too. Surprise. I've built this for people and I, and I deploy this as a solution. Hey, here's all the pipelines to get all the information into your environment. Here's the tables of data you need. And here's a handful of reports that are having this insight is talked about on this page. Like insights like, who has access to what information? How many artifacts do we have in our tenant? How many artifacts are certified or not certified, right? These are basic questions that are very difficult to get the answers to because you have to comb through all the API data. And when stuff starts going south, especially when you're on premium, premium causes another whole layer of, of complications because in premium, um, you now have people abusing those premium instances. And I have other mm -hmm. clients where we have many, many premium environments up and running where a majority of those data sets are below a pro level subscription. So meaning you could lift out a ton of data sets, put them on pro, which has a one gigabyte limit on or under, thus therefore reducing the load on your premium and you could actually kill some of your premium subscriptions. You wanna look like a hero? Go do an oh, analysis. Like you start ripping stuff out of certain yeah. workspaces. And yeah. And others no, you start moving different. Yeah. You wanna look like a hero? Go into your boss and say, I'm gonna save you Sixty to one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year by turning off premium. You want to look like that pays for your salary right there. So, right. so we do that. Like, so that's the idea. Is like we come in. You can't, but you can't do that unless you have really robust monitoring set up in place. You have to look at the monitoring and what's going on. And are those really big data sets even being used? They may not be. You may need to kill them. So that's where the admin really starts accelerating the the needs of the business. And so we're coming into hard economic times companies will want to reduce costs. So if you don't have this in place, if you're not looking at this information, 
you're going to you can just throw money at the problem and it will still work you now need to start looking at optimizing and that's the that's a clear role of the admin i would say okay so let's break this down because obviously the, the... i feel like i've overwhelmed everyone <laughs> i mean you you went off on a tangent which was fine it's a very much different ways no yeah it's yeah. it's it was relevant ish <laughs> <laughs> to the discussion of uh, the admin go ahead tom so yes the monitoring obviously there's that should be default regardless if you have a coe in place or um regardless you should be monitored to say yeah well it's there's there's options but seriously i mean again that goes back to us tracking our own numbers i think that the biggest thing is again when you look at the difference can you at least see the difference between a governance program or at least an administration program that's effective compared to one where again it's more like the global it is handling everything where if you were to say you are part of the power bi administration and yeah you may be monitoring but honestly i think a lot of times you're you're especially in large larger organizations you're relying on the teams to kind of manage their content a bit, right? Because they- Oh, 100%. Yeah. A and, and, admin is not, I mean, this is the guardrails portion. 100%, you don't want you don't want to be managing, an admin should not be going in and telling every team which, what to do. The admin should be going around saying, hey, uh, Tommy, you have a team of people. Let's look at your workspaces. What, what's, what workspaces do you need to do your business? Okay, how many admins do you have on that account? If you have seven or eight admins on that workspace, that's wrong. That's totally wrong because now we don't know who to go to when there's any issues. How many members do you have in that workspace? If you have a ton of members, they're very, they're just slightly limited compared to what the admin can do, but you should only have one or two members. The majority of your users in a workspace should only be contributors or viewers. And if, and if the, the admin is the one checking on those things and working with you, Tommy, the owner of that workspace to say, okay, of this content that's coming from this workspace, who is going to be the ownership? How do you identify that data stewardship portion? That falls onto the individuals that are part of admin and member of that workspace. You're delegating that. You don't want the admin to be able to manage and own all those things. No, and I, and I think the big part of that too is th that's policies and process that I think are, are that need to come in a sense from top down. And I think that from uh, from tackling this from a, a hierarchy or at least from a structure to work with a you know a larger group is yeah you're you're always gonna have the global admin and I think success is going to rely on the different layers of responsibility. So yes, global admin tenant settings. Ideally, I'm gonna still push for that. That can you can convince enough that that can be someone um, more involved on the Power, Power BI side because again all. The settings in the tenant, at least in Power BI, only affect Power BI. It doesn't. It's not like Active Directory work could go out uh, somewhere. But I mean, that being said, yeah, yes that, and no. I mean, you have you have the whole idea of app registrations and app service principles. Yeah, and yes. that touches. So there are settings inside your Power BI tenant that influence a lot of other things that are inside Azure. You also have tenant settings that influence: Can you use Blob Storage on a on a Power BI workspace or not? That's also a blob storage account that lives in Azure. So, I mean, to say it's to say purely that Power BI tenant admin settings are only in Power BI, that's a, that's not right. I mean, there's right. definitely... Yes. You're, yeah, you're right, you're right. There's you're other right. things that you had. So that's why I think you find that 
the more you go into the admin settings of Power BI, that that role is now shared between a Power BI person and someone that's in more IT because now you need Azure access to things. And especially if you're doing Power BI Premium, uh, you know, embedded. I, so, would, I would argue, I would argue that that is the best case scenario where you have I agree. individuals that Two. are sharing yes. different administrative yes. responsibilities because yes. they're going to have different skill sets yes. like, and, yep. and cares, right? So if, if ultimately your IT administrator, right, is the one that is responsible and they will be for right for yep. the costs for the license how services work within their environment then what they're doing in essence is giving some of that responsibility to the power bi admin right who controls yep. tenant settings what access levels like because that that's the permissions thing right do okay. we have the right people assigned to the right things in the right locations but i think ultimately where this this drives for me like what the role of the admin is <clears throat> goes back to mike i love the the guardrails thing and it probably came out of the the, the trainings but mm -hmm. um what guardrails do and and it's interesting that admin roles kind of don't get talked about i don't think from an initiating standpoint right so especially with an a, a a tool like power bi that is uh, catches catches fire and people want to use it like it just gets stood up right That's but thinking through things from an administrative standpoint, not to lock people down, but to provide the guardrails makes yes. it easier for people to use, which means you're going to get easier adoption because yep. people don't in an organization don't have the level of understanding or care about what workspace or how they're supposed to operate in an environment. All they care about and all they should care about is I built a report. I need to know where, how I can share that with people, right? Or I built a report. I needed to, you know, be assigned here and here. And this is also, I think, where a good opportunity in a well-administrated environment is uh, allows for like champions or elevated users to yeah. have specific permissions that the rest of the organization does not because you wouldn't want to open up those those preview features or those things that could produce liability for the organization into the organization without people understanding more um, more of the complexity around some of the the use cases of things that you can enable. I agree. I, and I think that's a good way of looking at that that role as well there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. <laughs> And I, and I like the idea that you talked about the two roles, Seth, because, again, I think administration, again, I would I, I'd echo here a little bit, Some uh, because there is potentially multiple surface areas or multiple touch points upon and where administration sits, right? I think that's a function of, let's call it broadly, the center of excellence. That center of excellence could identify a single person to be that person that's the admin, or it could be the center of excellence is now an integration of two people, that is, one, the Power BI tenant admin, and two, an active directory and or um, person from Azure helping out with that portion. And three, potentially another person that's talking about the licensing options, because this is my biggest gripe with Power BI. There are multiple ways to license part of that product. You could do it through Azure, through some stuff that needs to be built there. You can do it through Office 365 because you need the pro licenses and you can do it through powerbi.com. Can't license things, but you can turn things on and off there. So because there are three separate control surface areas of what's occurring in Power BI, 
you need more people potentially involved there or one person that can do it all of it. I, I don't care either way. So I want to go back here to like really, you know, the, the end of this is what does success look like for this admin? When is, when is this, when is this admin winning? What do you guys see that look like? Because we've talked a lot about like where the administration stuff lives and who may control it or own it. But I feel like there are signs of when this is a successful administration process. So I, I think the biggest things is, is it's probably part of the mix of like everything we talked about of the adoption and from the, uh, the governance point of view, where I think you, if you were seeing an impactful admin who is going more than just above and beyond that, they're not, again, the role of an administrator, I think you're seeing one, you're getting people in the right places. So from a content point of view, so one thing I think you would imagine is um, from the organization, because they are responsible for making sure that the apps are being used and that the content is being shared the right way. And like you said, with the scanner and the monitoring um, app, okay. it should be very easy to see what the content is shared with whom. So it sounds like you're saying, and I'm going to maybe re-wordsmith what you said so I understand what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying there are certain KPI metrics that are around usage that the admin, if 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 the admin is doing a good job administering, we will see an, either an uptick in usage or we'll see sustained consistent usage on various assets. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. And I would again echo, <laughs> you need a you need a good to do that. To be able to monitor that information, you need to have Power BI monitoring embedded inside your system. So admins need to be able to build that and maintain it and, and know what's going on. So that's rule number one. I'd also echo admins, a, a successful admin measurement would be um, either savings on the Power BI existing environment. If you are a large organization and you have um, the amount of spend, so you would look at the spend of your Power BI environment and admins should be cost optimizing that. So taking things out that are inefficient, turning them off. Uh, so I think there's a, a dollar spend or a, a, a report around um, how much spend is occurring around Power BI and what is the admin doing to administer that and make that as efficient as possible. So I think another successful win for the admin is, you know, cost targets potentially and looking at what that looks like for your organization. Okay. So Any, you, you, you tie in cost quite oh, a bit? Uh, well, I mean, if you have three key ones, premium subscriptions, and you can turn one off by doing a better job administering, you just saved your company $60,000 a year. Like, that's huge. Like, that's true. Or, or if you have, like, you know, a, a mix of pro and premium per user things, right? Maybe I have workspaces in dev, test, prod, they're all in premium. Maybe I don't need that. Maybe you can turn off one premium and get rid of uh, dev, test, and put those in premium per user and use uh, P1 only on your production environments. Like, there's a whole bunch of combinations that the admin could be doing. I think that's a, a measure. I think another measure of success of an admin is how many policies have been documented and placed in the community area. No one's doing this. And they may, and they may, not, they may not do that on their own, but they certainly, I would agree, one of my points is, I, I certainly agree that they should be making policy recommendations based on the implementation things. And they and recommendations, and they need to follow through with the documentation of it. Just because you have a policy and you threw it, like. Fine, make the recommendation, but that admin needs to own documenting it, make the flow chart, do the racy of what that looks like, and then put that information inside the community of practice library. 
SharePoint confluence, whatever you want to call it. Because if you make but a policy if, and no one knows they about have it, that authority is what I'm saying, right? Like typically an admin isn't going to be able to just be like policy, boom, everybody follows it. No, <laughs> without no. some sort of approval. But no, agree. But once it's approved, where does it go? So I, I'm not talking about the approval process of the policy. The at the admin should come up with the, what the policy should look like, right? Yeah. Here's my suggestion. It gets it gets opened up. We have we send out a, a power automate flow and say, okay, here's the policy. Everyone who's in everyone who's involved, you know, IT admin, like you basically do your racy, right? We have IT involved, we have HR involved, we have whatever whatever the teams are that need to be involved with that. You you identify those people and say, okay, mm -hmm. we're now introducing a new policy. How do these teams get approval of that? And then it runs through the, the approval list and then everyone gets the power automate. They approve the document, boom, but document's done. Okay, now that admin needs to, to take that bundled up information and publish that right to the community of practice. Okay, here's our list of policies. And so a, a sign of a good admin is you're seeing policies get through this process, get through approvals, and be able to land themselves inside the center of excellence. So you're seeing the maintenance and growth of adequate Power BI policies around the ecosystem. I think the other thing too is uh, from the feature point of view, uh, the admin has has to be on, I don't want to say the cutting edge, but let's talk about like on object. That, um, that's coming out, that's going to be rolled out, or the app audiences. I think the admin should have some sway to say, hey, we're going to migrate uh, what we're doing to these new features. If there's a form, if there's formatting panes that are drastically different or there's something in the service. I disagree. Uh, that's, that's not a role of the admin. That's a role of the center of excellence. That, that is training and education. So I disagree with that point. That's not going to be like that role is not part of the admin person. The admin should not be working on those things. Now the admin may be thinking about, hey, adoption, like um, the uh, the audiences, there's a policy likely around what audiences mean. How do we use it? What are we allowed to share? Is a data set certified rel relative to like, so we're building an app, okay? Any certified data sets or any certified apps, do you allow people to build their own reports on top of it? Those are policies and things that with, or do you allow audiences inside certified apps? Maybe not. Maybe you do. Again, it's kind of preference of the organization and what you want the service of the app to be doing. I believe the admin's responsible for uh, looking at those features, new features, and understanding what they do or implicate to the Power BI environment. That They're not the one educating people on, on visual editing. They're not the ones educating on how to use audiences. That's a different functionality. Okay, I I think for the sake of time we can we can keep going on that because we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. But I think regardless, there's from what I'm getting from the conversation today, the admin, as formerly known, is not not necessarily the admin that you normally think of. You know, <laughs> again, um, sitting in also do, managing devices, they're a little more hybrid. I think we could agree on this. They're hybrid between a, a governance program and the adoption. Governance yes or program. no? Go governance is, I mean, maybe, but governance is typically the data part of, of things. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about administration, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with Mike. You know, the success, how, how do I define success and goals for the Power BI admin, right? Yeah. They, con yep. they control the Power BI ecosystem yes. that people play in, yep. right? And a lot of those things, it, like in my bullet list, resonate with what Mike said, costs, 
That could be reduction, sustaining current usage, usage, growth projections of what they're seeing in the environment to prep the business and understanding that there's going to be a license capacity increase at some point. Yep. Policy recommendations and documentation. Yep. They can monitor and respond to questions of what's going on in the ecosystem, identifying risks. I think there's a separate audience also for monitoring reporting. It's not like they have to own everything that's going on. Because to my earlier point, deprecated reports, premium users, whatever, like there's probably a lot of information that can get passed on and owned by other teams as opposed yes. to that person. Agreed. Um, they configure the system so it works as the organization expects it to, right? The tenant settings, uh, access control, right? Process. There has to be a process for how groups get created, AD groups, how they get used within workspaces at admins in workspace, like Mike said, whether that's an individual or in our group or, or our, our area, we have a group, right? We have a single group that gets as admin control for all of our workspaces so that that list of small, that small list of users has the appropriate permissions and that's the go-to for IT. Um, and then individual users and how those get assigned or shared content within the organization, right? All that should have a policy around it, which is a guardrail. And then ultimately the last thing I would say is like they're responsible for maintaining the environment. So any systemic issue issues that come up, mm, resolving like those and yep. handling um, any Microsoft tickets that relate to like, hey, wider outspread yep. usages that are impacting embedded the premium capacity, like they're monitoring those high level things. And that's plenty to do, right? Like uh, across the board. And that could be like the shared responsibilities. But I, a lot of that could be on the lower level of like the person who really understands Power BI and the ecosystem itself. Because if you're doing all of those things uh, on a, uh, a regular basis, like you're, you're going to have plenty to do. Yes, I agree. I, I think a lot of the, Tommy, I think you're talking about really good things, but I think you're conflating the idea of some of the things that are talking about the center of excellence versus what an admin does. And I think I'm trying to really hone in on like some of those, those core skills around literally administration and then any of the teaching or education or training pieces, not really admin, that's, that's more in that center of excellence broader spectrum. So, and, and what I mean, this is, it's why this is confusing is because the admin is a part, I mean, hundred percent, the admin is a part of that center of excellence. There just may be one person doing all those things. And again, that's a smaller organization type lens. When large organizations get involved, I think that lens starts to change. And that's that's kind of why I have this very strong stance on the, 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 the deliverables of the admin are very specific to control, control surface areas and, and to building out the policies. If, if there's one area where you have an individual that's just writing documentation or process flows or things that other people would digest in that format, it's probably an admin. Like they're, they're not going to be the person who's training people that like how to use an ecosystem. Yeah. Like, because uh, to my earlier point, I think those policy recommendations and how things work as it relates to ensuring people are using the environment the way people we want them to, that would just be, hey, how do how do you go do that? And then other folks are like, hey, when we teach you how to, you know, use Power BI and share, here's the policies you can look at and how we do things and who you have to go request access to and from. Yep. And and potentially there's another outside of this where there could be some reporting. And I don't see a lot of this, but I, I like the idea that I'm just coming up with where you have if, if we want people to use 
Azure directory groups as yep. a sharing mechanism. Yes, we, we do have to make those yeah. those groups available and yep. like in a ownership of to them. people. Yeah. Well, to the organization, like how would I know if I'm coming in whether or not a group's been created for my area or exactly for yeah. a particular thing for my right? workspace? Yeah. Correct. So and that's part so of I think that's part yeah, of also that, the process that you're so that's part of the policies that you're going to do, right? Because that that is a process check that you do a part of that that flow diagram, right? So request new workspace one of the checks for that admin is oh hey look i got a request okay this is mike he's in this department are there any other workspaces that he should be a part of hey mike did you know about there's these other workspaces do you need those yes or no okay no okay this is net new that then becomes reviewed and then and then it follows again this is all policy-based things that i think the admin comes up with but that then workflows that through uh, to be able to deliver the value from that but i almost wonder like that that seems to me to be an area where we could you could reduce vastly reduce the number of tickets coming in for requests like that if like if you held close to your chest like just the executive level groups or you know things like that but the vast majority of other ad groups related to power bi are known to the organization or you frame those in a report such that if people are coming in from a business unit they'd be able to easily identify the group that they should use as opposed to always making that a request to IT. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it would be very easy to, you want to share a report, go check to see whether or not that group exists and the people are in it that you would want. There should be a general one for your business unit. If you want something more specific, et cetera, you would already understand that we created one for you. Yeah. You can go use it, right? And then it would be the responsibility of the admin or you know, COE or whatever BI team to maintain and make sure that that report is up to date on it. Agreed. But I, I think that would be a huge way of like reducing a lot of the noise that occurs around. What do you mean? I can't share with an individual. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, okay, cool. All right. I think it's, it's that time again. We're now at the GPT chat, GPT chat. Check it out. Check it out. Chat GPT. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm working like every episode. I'm trying to work out like I, what, I, I like that one. That's check it out, check it out, Chat GPT. So we're we're gonna then verify our answers against what the internet says. This is scanning the entire internet with Chat GPT and giving us the best answer. Maybe we should start using Bing Chat. Uh, just Bing it. You know, Microsoft would love us if we just started using that that segment now. <laughs> Maybe hey Microsoft, if you want to sponsor for Bing Chat, let me know. Uh, we, we'll, we'll incorporate it into the the podcast for a low, low price of a lot of yeah, money. Right? A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first question. First question I asked Pat, uh, Chat GPT was, "What is a Power BI administrator?" That's kind of what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And I said, "A Power BI." It says back to us, "A Power BI administrator is a person responsible for managing and maintaining the Power BI environment organization." I think we agree with that one. It includes uh, tasks such as creating and managing users, groups, permissions configuring security settings and setting up gateways. We didn't talk about gateways, no, but I agree. That's gateways. a good one. That should I be did. on the list. Yeah. That's a, that's a gateway should be there. A Power BI business analytics service by micro, oh, Power BI, it just goes into like a general thing. Like, hey, this is a Power BI service, uh, skimming through here. Okay, to ensure the security, reliability of the Power BI environment, an administrator is needed to manage the backend tasks to ensure a smooth functioning system. That's a great language there. That, that is what the Power BI administrator's job's main role is, enabling a back-end task and smooth functioning of the system. I'm literally copying that out right now. I'm putting it's that in our notebook because this is, this is a winner. It's, it's the maintenance. 
Yeah. Right? But I, I do agree. Like they are the people that would also have access to the systems to create enterprise gateways, right? That people yeah. should be using. Yeah. And that would be another one that um, we miss talking about because that should also be yep. like disseminated in some way, shape or yeah. form that would allow 100%. permissioning of people to use those. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. And then I asked a follow-up question because this is what we're talking about. We'll see how well this works. This may fall <laughs> flat on its face. What are the tasks for the Power BI administrator is what I asked. Okay, mm. here we go. Ooh. Tommy, let's see if you're in this one. I don't All know. Right. All right. First and foremost, number one, managing users and groups. We agree on that one, 100%. Configuring security, literally setting up security policies, authentication meshes, and data encryption to ensure that they're protected from unauthorized access. 100%, agree with you there. Installing and configuring gateways, number three. Yes, agree with that one. Managing data sources. We didn't talk about this, but this is a really good point. Connecting to various data sources, managing data models, and ensuring data quality to supporting reporting and analytics. Uh, so I think this is a miss. I think managing data sources the way it's described here is more of a function of the center of excellence and even pushed all the way down to the admins at the workspace level. So I, I disagree I with that one there. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And then another one, it says here, creating and managing reports and dashboards. Don't agree with that one. Um, don't think that's our, now this one I do agree, number six, monitoring the usage and performance. Monitoring yep. usage, managing reports around dashboards and reports that support the Power BI service, troubleshooting any issues that may arise. Totally agree with that one. Um, and then ensuring compliance, Seth, you brought this one up, compliance around regulatory things for legal, ensuring the use of Power BI complies with internal policies, industry standards, regulations such as GDPR, HIPAA, and SOX compliance. Yep. And they spelled socks wrong, so, so which is funny because I've gone through that before with people. And yes, uh, but yes, it, the idea is is there as well. And then lastly, oh Tommy, you caught it here. Chat GPT at the very end says providing training and support to end users, helping them to use Power BI efficiently and effectively. But I would argue that's not an admin function. That's a center of excellence function. But that's an, I think. But to your point though, Tommy, it's a new it's a nuanced feature. Anyways, all right, we've, we've burned through a perfectly good hour of time. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Heated discussion today. Uh, I feel like this has been a lot like more like intense than our, pre our other podcast. Not much laughing. So I apologize for that one, but very good conversation nonetheless. Thank you all very much for listening. We hope this helps you out with a little bit of your Power BI governance and administration thoughts. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find it anywhere it's available. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, make sure to join the conversation live every Tuesday and Thursday at 7.30 a.m. Central. Awesome. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. See you next time.